We're just gonna start a minute. Come on, nation. What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 243. You heard that right, episode 243 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Pause this episode and you know what to do. I say it every episode because it's really important. Don't forget to rate, review, and if you haven't already, punch down on that subscribe button, unpause the episode, then get right back to it because we have a great one for you. Today's show, Dave King of The Athletic, also co-host of Suns Solar Panel, joins in to talk Suns basketball. Fantastic conversation. Can't wait for you all to hear it. You can find Dave on Twitter at Dave King NBA. That's D-A-V-E-K-I-N-G-N-B-A. You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. King of SB Nation, also the co-host of Sun Solar Panel. Welcome to Combos Court. How are you feeling today? Oh, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, anytime, anytime. You should be feeling great about your sons, right? You should be feeling great. It's It's been a good season. It's the best season they've had since Steve Nash was in his prime, carrying people to the Western Conference Finals. It's just been a long, long drought. Most definitely. You mentioned Steve Nash. We could talk about another great point guard, CP3. Um, what do you feel his effect been on this team? Uh, profound. Let's uh, let's say if there's one word, it's it's definitely profound. That guy, um, he he's doing the same thing for the Suns that he did for the Oklahoma City Thunder a year ago, and probably teams prior to that. Well, actually, most definitely because the Clippers were a losing franchise before he went there all those years ago and created the Lob City situation. Um, in Houston, they already had James Harden. It was a bad fit for him because he's really a primary ball handler. And then Oklahoma City last year, uh, and then the Suns this year, he's had the same impact, which is basically, I'm going to make the shots we need to make in the fourth quarter. Um, you guys just got to make the normal number of shots in the fourth quarter, and we'll win just about every game. And, and in both cases, with the Thunder and with the Suns this year, it was a little bit of a rocky start, um, average 500 record, which is not bad. Uh, Sun started eight and eight this year. His Thunder started, I don't know, somewhere around eight and 12, eight and 13, something. And then both teams won on a run. So and the thing is, the Suns have more talent than his Thunder team did a year ago. A lot more talent. They've got Devin Booker, who looks like he might make his second all star game in a row this year, um, running next to him. And they've got talent uh, all up and down the lineup. So and he took the Thunder team into game seven of the first round of the playoffs. So the Good. Suns fans are extremely happy, right? You know, it's interesting. I mean, at this point of his career, he's not the greatest on-ball defender, but it seems like any team he goes to, just the whole defense gets better. Because he makes, he calls them out if they're out of position. So exactly. I, I, I totally agree with you. He's not the greatest individual defender anymore, although he does his things to, to be successful when he needs to in, in big moments. Um, but he's not, he, what he does is he is constantly talking and he's constantly making sure guys know what position they should have been in, what rotation they should have made, what help they should have given. Uh, and everybody does raise their game defensively. Yeah. 
you know, the Jazz and the Suns are playing very well. Jazz are probably on a whole different level. Uh, do you feel they're both contenders at this point? Uh, the, yeah, this is interesting. I think ultimately I'm still not convinced that the L.A. teams are coming up short of the conference finals in the West. Especially if they um, stay healthy. I mean, that's always the thing, right? Exactly. If you yeah. got A.D. and LeBron going to the Lakers, why would it be any different than a year ago? Um, with the Clippers, if I'm sure Kawhi and Paul George will mesh a little bit better this year than they did a year ago. So I feel like those are still the main uh, conference final conference finalists. But if you've got a Denver type this year, it's going to be one of the Jazz or the Suns where and, and maybe even Denver again, uh, where there is a surprise uh, team that, that makes it through to the conference finals. There was a little bit of, uh, we talked about CP3. I want to shift to Booker as well. There was a little bit of your turn, my turn thing kind of going on in the beginning of the season. Is that still there? Are they finding a better way to blend on the offensive side of the ball? They seem to be, man. Uh, Devin Booker, since he came back from a three-game absence for a hamstring injury, and and, uh, Chris Paul kind of carried the team through that three games, including two wins over the um, Dallas Mavericks. Uh, at at the buzzer almost actually one of those wins and then Booker came back to help him win the second of the Dallas games and then since then Booker's been playing at all-star level next to Chris Paul has been playing at all-star level so they seem to have figured it out they don't seem to be doing I'm going to disappear when you have the ball anymore they're actually playing off each other very well yeah that was the thing that was happening uh in Houston some of the time with Harden and uh CP3 but I mean Devin plays so much better off the ball than James, even though he's, in my opinion, not the player James is. So it, this probably could be a better match. He's definitely, Devin's definitely not the player James is. Even a Homer fan for the Suns will recognize that. <laughs> I mean, almost nobody is the player James is. And for better or worse, right? So so the thing about, eh, I don't watch James Harden all the time. So I only know as much as any casual fan does. But he is uh, the center of the universe for whatever team he's playing for. And for better or worse, sometimes in the playoffs, that becomes worse than in the regular season. Um, and we don't know that Devin is definitely not that kind of guy. In fact, Chris Paul is more so the I've got to have the ball to make a big difference than Devin is, which is it's just pretty interesting. And I, I call him Devin. He doesn't like to be called Devin, but I'm not talking to him, so I'll call him Devin. Um, the, uh, the Chris Paul is more of, I've got to have the ball to make a difference guy than, than Devin Booker. So I think that'll be a good pairing next to Chris Paul, even at playoff time. So it's only D book. He only wants to be, uh, he wants to be book. He wants to be book or D book. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's fine. Kendall can call him book, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I want it. Uh, is it fair to say Mikel Bridges took a leap this season? Offensively, yes. Defensively, I actually uh, will say that he he might be regressing just a little bit. And I guess that happens to any player that kind of is just their focus is more offense, right? Yeah, yeah. So he like he got it took him three years at Villanova in college to get to where he was 17 points a game and was one of the top two or three scorers on the Villanova team when they won the national championship. But he had started out kind of slow offensively as well for them. And so for the Suns, the same thing has happened. And now this year, yeah, he's he's starting that trajectory. I see him having a career somewhat like a Tayshaun Prince where maybe better. But there's, I mean, Tayshaun Prince, is that's a big compliment to call someone like that from back in the day where he was basically a great wing defender, could pick up just about anybody with his length, you know, spider length um, arms. 
and uh, uh, defensively, and then also had the chops to score offensively. And Mikel Bridges has figured that out this year too. Yeah, D book, Mikel Bridges, uh, Aiden, they're all on the same timeline. Is there a concern going forward with CP3 aging? Uh, there was always that, yeah. So the Suns need to learn how to win now, and what hopefully after two years of CP, um, the Suns play those guys will one of them will know how to do what CP does, or they get somebody else. I mean, they they got Ricky Rubio for a year. They get CP for two years. At some point, you know, you'd you'd love to have like a John Morant who's going to be your guy for ten years, um, but short of that, it's I'm not going to sneeze at this. That's for sure. What lineups do you like Coach Monty to go with? And what do you think their best lineups have been? And what do you, who do you like to see him starting with? Yeah, that's a good question. He, um, he has recently, you know, Monty seems to be in love with, with making sure that uh, small ball doesn't take over the NBA. He loves <laughs> DeAndre Ayton being in the middle. And, and uh, 80% of the time, that is 90% of the time, that is a great decision. But he also seems to want to stick another big man next to him instead of a smaller power forward. Um, the Warriors, of course, started the whole trend of going small across the entire lineup with Draymond Green being their biggest player, who is 6'6". But you know what? That, su- that succeeds when you have four all-stars, three of them being Hall of Famers in your lineup. Most teams um, can't succeed that way uh, full time or, or you know, you'd, you'd have seen Houston in the finals in the past couple of years. So. Monty Williams, his favorite lineups include someone like a Frank Kaminsky or a Dario Saric at, at power forward next to Aiden. I, those aren't my favorite. My favorite, although Cam Johnson have, has had a bit of a rocky start playing against starting lineups this a year. A lot of potential, He's, right? A lot, a lot of, potential. of potential. Yeah, He's a guy who is like a Mikkel Bridges, not defensively, but in terms of he offensively, he can score at any level. He's just got to figure out when and where. Um, he can dribble, he can drive, he can take contact, he can do whatever he needs to, and he's a great three-point shooter. Cam has good potential, but against starting lineups this year, he's had a little bit more trouble because, to Monty's point, every other team you play does play two bigs, and Cam Johnson isn't quite big enough to play against a Blake Griffin, even Blake Griffin at the end of his career. One thing he can still do is score on a post-up. He can he can. He's looking for a team, right? He's looking for a team. Oh, no, I don't want Blake Griffin at all. He can't play defense. He is deservedly playing for one of the worst teams in the league until he got until he's getting bought out. Um, And the Suns do pride themselves on defense uh, this year and offense enough to to win games. Cam just doesn't have the stones yet to to hold up against a big man uh, defensively. And so but so Monty goes, okay, fine, we're going to play a Frank Kaminsky. And then Frank's not fast enough to play against the smaller lineup so yeah uh, my favorite lineups for the Suns are um, DeAndre Aiden Cam Johnson Mikel Bridges with Booker and and uh, CP Um, that's that should be a great lineup but um, you need both Bridges and Cam Johnson to be in the right headspace mental if they if they're getting beaten down because of uh, either they just decided they weren't going to be the focal point offensively that game, or they're beaten down by um, the other team's big men, then it becomes more problematic and you need someone like that. Uh, But I love Dario coming off the bench as the backup center. That has been the biggest uh, progression of his game. Dario now knows how to play successfully as a, as a center, as, as opposed to when he came out in, and, you know, uh, in Philadelphia, he was definitely a power forward the whole time. Yeah, so many of those guys from the process all over the place, right? 
all yeah. over the place, all over the league. Making yeah, Dario had a great return game against the Sixers. He had been out for weeks because of uh, COVID and then an ankle when he was trying to get back into shape. He rolled an ankle like the rest of us would when we get back into shape. <laughs> uh, <laughs> happened to Dario too. Finally comes back against the Sixers last Saturday. And he had his best game, the best game of the, of, of the year. And he hadn't played in a month. So, uh, yeah, the, there's pro- the process all over the place. The problem for the Sixers is that a lot of those process guys want to have winning games against them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at Jeremy Grant. I mean, that's a story. Uh, that is a great story. Jeremy Grant, you know what? If you were to ask me who would be the best since, since Monty wants a big man next to Aiden, and, uh, but the game calls for someone quicker, uh, yep. than a traditional big man, a Jeremy Grant would have been ideal in this lineup. Was that possible with what he wanted in terms of money? And No, the Suns didn't yeah. have the money. Uh, Suns had to do things via trade this offseason. Plus, once they got Chris Paul, you I mean, I want Chris Paul first, Jeremy Grant second. Yeah. They didn't have the money left after acquiring Chris Paul. And I'd rather have the combination of Chris Paul and Jay Crowder at the mid-level uh, than anybody in Jeremy Grant because of the impact Chris Paul has had on this team. So yeah. Jeremy Grant, for all of his all of his pros, when you make him a spotlight player, he's also right next to Blake Griffin on the worst team in the league. So um, I'd rather have Chris Paul. But yeah, if you if the Suns could have gotten both, that would have been great. Yeah, you mentioned Chris Paul. You wanted him for it, it's interesting because I mean he's not LeBron, but he has that kind of effect where he just makes the whole team better for reasons on the court and off the court, you know, it's, it's yeah, incredible. LeBron does it more with his just physical dominance. Yeah. And, um, and anybody listening, Chris, I'm not saying CP three is LeBron. All right. Yeah, so, no, we know. Yeah. We're not saying that we're LeBron's the best no. player in the league to me. But no, you're right. LeBron <laughs> is the best player in the league and he does hold people accountable, yep. but in a more, um, the way Monty Williams describes it in, in a build you up way instead of tear you down way. Um, Whereas CP3 is kind of halfway in between. If he's in a bad mood, he's in the tear you down way. And if he's in a good mood, he's in the build you up. Any clashes? Any any clashes with that this year? Not yet. No, no. See, CP is great in the first couple of years on a team because okay. his, his style doesn't grind against guys who are tired of hearing it. My Our biggest worry amongst Suns fans is how long is DeAndre Aiden going to listen? Um, DeAndre <laughs> Aiden is a, Mercur- a, a incredible talent who has never had to tap into, he's literally a beach guy. Like he grew up in the Bahamas. And so um, I asked him one time, where would you be if you couldn't be on a basketball court? He's like, just walk in the beach. Um, you know, <laughs> you would think some other career. He's like, no, I'd just be walking the beach. So that's his mentality. So it's tough to get him engaged and revved up. And Chris Paul is, is has been fairly successful in bumping him, you know, getting him revved up. And he's been very, responsive to it but he's the kind of guy that i worry that chris paul might he might start tuning out at chris paul because chris paul is a is a yell in your face guy more so than um say amani williams for example but having said all that chris paul is a great leader in that way that in the moment he's going to get you to play as well as you can yeah you mentioned there in win now mode are there any trades for a player or archetype of player that you'd like to see made well, like I said, uh, someone like a Jeremy Grant type. Yeah, who, where, who is that? I mean, like that—that's—that's that's, uh, you know, realistic. Yeah, that's a good question. 
I'm not that great on uh, trade targets. I wouldn't have picked any of the trade targets that, that James Jones has wanted the last few years for the Suns. Um, at the time he wanted them, I was like, really? What? Uh, and then you think about it, and then you see the guy playing later, and you're like, oh, yeah, I can see how that would fit on this team. So what would James Jones do versus what would I do? I would actually, you could combine like a Jay Crowder and a couple of other uh, bench pieces to get a Jeremy Grant, but then you're really stuck. Um, Christian Wood, obviously. You think the Pistons would do that? No, I don't. Oh, I don't, okay. I don't, I think the Pistons wouldn't. Um, who's realistic on getting? That's a really good question because once you get into the realistic guys, it's a Jay Crowder type and the Suns already have him. So that's where I start stumbling into the, it's got to be unexpected. I would not have thought Chris Paul was realistic though, uh, before he suddenly, you know, became the thing that the Suns were going to acquire. Are, do the Suns have any real holes that just anybody, almost anybody could make better? No. The Suns have all the talent at the right spots that replacement level players are not going to make a difference. It's If you really want to get better at the trade deadline, it's got to be a an above replacement level, which is a, a sure starter and or an all-star level player to actually make a difference on the, on the bottom line this year. So you say they're pretty even balance. Is there anywhere where they're just not as good in other areas maybe like i'm thinking like the four maybe they might need well see the thing is if you um if you get somebody else for the four it's got to be somebody who brings what jay crowder does fine so you trade him he's easy he's easy to trade but then you've got to include other people or take minutes away from other people and for cam johnson for example um i wouldn't want him to lose minutes so i I like his yeah the suns are in the middle of you don't want to stunt growth from the guys you already have versus um you want to win now so and I'm the chemistry curious. is there right curious. that's another the chemistry thing is there they all yeah. love each other yeah, and yeah you don't want to bring in a guy who's going to ruin the chemistry however a better player can help you win more games and chemistry comes with winning games also so this is Great interesting point. this is the first time for the suns in the last six eight years at least where a trade deadline means trying to acquire somebody who can help you win more games than you're already winning um it's in the in the last half dozen years it's been um how can we get a better draft pick in six months yeah how are they looking in the draft uh they they are they're probably going to end up they have their first round pick this year okay they're giving up their first round pick in 22 for chris paul uh it's lottery protected so if they don't make the playoffs, they keep it. And then it goes to them in 23 um, to, uh, to Oklahoma city, but uh, they're good for, they'll take somebody in the twenties this year, hopefully, you know, best case scenario. Nice. It's going to be a good draft. It's going to be a good draft. It is, but the Suns have a lot of young guys and they just, they're, they're, they're in the win now, especially yeah. when you have Chris Paul. True. Dave, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Please let us know where we could find you on social media and everywhere else. Sure. Absolutely. On Twitter, I'm at Dave King NBA. I have the NBA on there because in the past, everybody used to have multiple accounts and and I had different ones for different things. Uh, So it's at Dave King NBA. And then brightsideofthesun.com is my website that works uh, that's in the SB Nation network. And then Sun's Solar Panel is the podcast I do once a week. Um, plus you know, some ex- extra special episodes as well. Uh, so you can find me anywhere, podcast, web, and Twitter. Awesome. Really appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time and talk soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Anytime. 
Thank you to everyone who listens to Combo's Court across the globe and big shouts today for joining in. We appreciate you, Combo Nation. Don't forget to rate, review, and if you haven't already, punch down on that subscribe button. We here at Combo's Court would greatly appreciate it. If you have Instagram, man, take a screenshot of this episode, post it on your IG stories, tag me at 1-2-Combo, that's O-N-E, T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. I'll share it and be on the lookout for episode 244. Combo out.